Hey there, race fans, and welcome to another episode of the Casino Report. It's season 2020, episode 29. Who's that one, Manuel? Who's who's number 29? I don't know. I we think nobody. Know one of those ones. Look, we'll look, uh, we, you push the matter. I didn't push. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> Stu, Immediately, we've got a listener look, question. Look, 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 look. I am doing an article for the end of the year where I go through all the numbers from 1 to 100. Oh, and wow. explain which number fits it, uh, each rider. There we be go. Fantastic. Yes. So we'll have a look, see who number 29 is. So anyway. What's, okay. what's a no- okay. Who's a noni? You're noni. Oh, yeah, noni. Oh. He's, he's been gone less than a season, but we've forgotten about that him That was already. very good. Oh. Like who? Us. We haven't even finished the intro yet, and we're already stuck. So anyway, this is the podcast that gets past the hype. And let you know what's really happening in the MotoGP paddock. <laughs> so, with that crazy intro, it's a, it's, a, it's a very brief hello to Andra. How you doing, my dear? Why you got a mouthful of beer? Look at you go. Well, I'm trying to decide. I've we filled up the port barrel with some very delicious flavors. So I've got a glass of port, and I've got a can of lemonade. And I thought about putting them together because I think that's a thing, but I'm not sure. So I'm just drinking them separately. <laughs> Wow. So you're into the port. That's how guess that you are. It's been one week yes. without racing and there's only three weeks left in the season and you're, you're into the port barrel. You know what? It yeah, was she, actually. She switched uh, from beer to the port. She's yeah. getting sophisticated. She's getting sophisticated. Oh, it did come out of a, it did come out of a box with a bag inside the box. So nice. classy, classy, wonderful. And Manuel, how are you, mate? We, we must actually ask a semi-serious question. Um, we, you know, we know that you guys are doing it very, very tough in Spain. So how, how are things near where you are before we get, get too deep into the bikes? Well, uh, look, I can't say that the things are fine, but it's all over Europe. You know, they have locked down yesterday, England, France Mm. is locked down, Germany is locked down, Portugal that is on our side is locked down, not yet Spain, but it will happen in two or three days. Things are really tough, you know, things are really tough. And uh, I imagine the next question you will do to me is about what's going to happen happen? (laughs) with the last three Grand Prix. Remember that we have two in Valencia Mm -hmm. uh, next weekend and the other one and immediately after uh, one in Portugal. Okay, so the the red lights started to flash uh, yesterday, two days ago, Mm -hmm. when the Portuguese government didn't how do you say um they said that there is a chance that the grand prix in portugal cannot happen it depends on how the evolution of the pandemia goes because every day is different yeah but they they didn't deny it when they were asked no no they say that they can't say anything in three weeks in advance you know in fact uh, today, when we are recording this, is Tuesday, and I am still I still don't know if I travel uh, Thursday to Valencia or not. I am in a complete doubt, you know, because the situation is horrible, horrible. Wow. And I tell you something: the things there is always a good side, if there is a good side in this situation. The hotels in Spain, for example, are so cheap, so so. so. <laughs> Nobody's in the hotels. Yes, eighty percent of the hotels are closed. And the ones who are open, the prices are incredible. You can stay in uh, in Valencia for four days for less than 100 euros. I don't know how much this is in Australian money, but it's... Probably about 60 euros. So wow. And my friend Giovanni Zamani from Italy, he has yep. found a 
flight from Milano to Valencia, 30, 30 euros back and forward. How much well is done, 30 Giovanni. euros? Well done, Mike. Wow. <laughs> so I tell you something. The airplane and the hotel is cheaper than a PCR test. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the world we are in now. Yeah. At least he crazy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, all right. So, look before we uh, before we move on, I want to explain to everybody. It's there's been a bit of a break, and I apologise. We uh, we had a week off without letting everybody know. We were intending to to continue through and, and have another episode last week, uh, but somebody decided to get a bit sick. <laughs> And um, it didn't put his big boy pants on and, and decided he couldn't record last week. So if you're having withdrawal symptoms out there in, in podcast land. It's and in, Stu's in fault. Land, my fault. I'm very, very sorry. Yeah, so, it's incredible, but we are human. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So before we go any further, let's let's just quickly duck back and, and take, a, take a look at what happened. Not last weekend, the weekend before. So, uh, yeah, we at the, the uh, Aragon 2 GP. So we, we had... Another Yamaha winner. We had more Suzuki's on the podium. Uh, we didn't see my prediction of Rins letting Mir go past. Mir didn't manage to get past him. What are your thoughts on uh, on that GP, Manuel? Yes, I have to <laughs> question you. Which was the result of the first Aragon Grand Prix? I didn't. I don't remember. I, who oh. won that race in Aragon? Ah, Rins won the first. Oh yeah, Rins, Marquez, and Mir, right? Prince Marcus and me. Yes, that was the Aragon one. Okay, the Aragon two, we saw an incredible performance of Franco Morbidelli, astonishing. So another Yamaha one. Mm -hmm. And uh, second, we saw who was second? Rins. Rins and then Mir. And then Mir. Rins and Mir. Okay, we got it. So the Suzuki's did a very, very good uh, Aragon races. Mm. And Morbidelli with his uh, super victory, he got. In, you know, he got hooked into the championship. Yeah. yeah. Again, just when Again. we keep thinking it's going to settle down, it's going to maybe be a two-horse race, other people keep putting their hand up. Yeah, Dovizioso got completely out. But completely out, we will speak about this uh, yeah. later. But he got out, and then the four top riders, the four ones who have a chance to win the championship, are there. And we are talking about Mir. We are talking about uh, Quartararo, of course. We are talking about Vinales. Mm -hmm. And we are talking now about Franco Morbidelli. Mm -hmm. Three Yamahas and one Ducati. Mm. It's, got, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, realistically, for me, it, it is now Mir's championship to lose, especially if we lose the Portimao race at the end of the season. There's, I mean, as it stands at the moment, there's only 75 points on offer for, for the rest of the yeah. season. Uh, Amir has what? What has he got? Like a seventeen or twenty something point lead or something like that. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thirty, one twenty-three to one one twenty-seven. So yeah, fourteen point lead. So, in the context of things, that's a massive lead, really, realistically, with how the results have been going, isn't it? Or a massive lead, or a nothing lead, because <laughs> the results. The, the only good thing is that the consistency of Amir shows that he's the only consistent in this championship, mm -hmm. the only one. You know, so because far, yeah. uh, the second one, Wato Quartararo disappeared in uh, in Aragon completely. Yeah. In fact, in fact, uh, I have to say that after uh, having a very bad first race, he completely gave away the second one. 
because the first thing that he said when he finished the second race was, finally, we are out of Aragon and mm. we are traveling to Valencia where I am very fast or pretty fast. So yeah. Quartararo, I think all of them noticed the pressure, you know. Yeah. Mir had probably, he, although his result, he had probably the weakest Grand Prix of the season. He never felt comfortable in, in Aragon. Mm. And it was not because the bike were not performing. We saw in the two results, it was him. You know, the pressure is there. Yeah. The pressure is on Morbidelli. The pressure is that throw Nakagami to the floor. Nakagami oh, was a that surprise. Was okay. Let's talk yeah. about that some more. Yeah, he, he, he was a surprising pole position, right? In the yeah. Grand Prix. That was his first, wasn't it? Was it his first pole? His first yep. Grand Prix. And in fact, he said something very funny. He said, look, uh, this time the red light is just mm -hmm. above me, so I have to look up. <laughs> Normally, I see it from oh. far away. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! But, but yeah, he had an amazing weekend, didn't he? He was all through wow. practice. He was top of the timesheets, qualifying. Didn't even look like it was daylight second. There was a massive gap all the way through, and then yeah, second corner. Well, it, third uh, corner. it happened what it should happen. Look. In, in, I think when well, I'm thinking, no, uh, it shows like you can't, you have to go through different uh, phases, you know, you can't mm -hmm. go from being seventh to try to win a Grand Prix. And this is yeah. exactly what happened. He got there and I think for the first time he had not yet anybody in front to tell mm -hmm. him how fast or how slow he should go, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before, so he, he, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, tell, tell oh, me. Oh, no, I was going to jump. I was going to go about, I was going to finish talking about Taka, but you haven't finished, so I won't butt in. No, 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 but because Taka just uh, did what was expected to do. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very, you know, he he was too nervous and he had just signed his contract for two years. Yeah. And look at this. Takeo Yoko, Yokoyama, who is the Honda top engineer, Mm -hmm. He made an interview two days before saying, I would like to make Taka Nakagami world champion this season. So oh, <laughs> imagine the pressure he went to the way down, you know, wow. just having signed his contract. Yeah. Yep. So he but in saying that, he was up there. So if he'd actually stayed on the bike and had won the race, it would be a whole different story. Yes, but look, we have to take care and we have the experience. And I remember mm. that some Grand Prix ago, we were saying KTM is the best bike. Wow, KTM, KTM. Mm -hmm. And then they disappeared. <laughs> yeah. And Honda did very well in the same circuit, mm. right? Before, more or less. Now we have to see what happened in Valencia. So this season, every time you say, uh, you know, a 100% truth, truth, the next yep. race, you look like a face like, okay, I have no mm. idea of what's going on. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely going to be. Me is definitely going to win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and what else is going to happen? And Jack, what happened to Jack? Oh, my, oh, my goodness. Brad Binder took him out. Brad Binder. Yeah. Oh, two, well, I, my I, two I, favorite I, guys, realistically, behind me is Jack and, uh, and, and Brad. I'm so disappointed. And they hugged and just walked off together yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Well, I think Jack could have easily done like this. No yeah. yes. That's what I was expecting with all the anger he's had yes. lately. No, but Jack, uh, Jack is, look, I 
I don't uh, believe too much in good and bad luck in racing, mm. but with Jack, I have to change my mind because what <laughs> happened in Misan, uh, remember it, yeah. that admission sucked that piece of uh, mm. steel, the, no? The and then, off, yeah. The, yeah, tear off. The engine broke in Le Mans. Mm-hmm. This crash in Aragon. So he should go. I don't know if you do this in Australia, but when you have such a series of bad luck, you go to church and they you should. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would just Absolutely. get my lottery ticket. That's all we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what else before we before we move forward and start to look forwards? Uh, any other observations that really stood out for you from uh, from? Yes, there is something very interesting. Remember that in the first race in Aragon, uh, Quartararo had tire pressure problems. Mm. Do you remember? That the pressure of the front tire went up. Mm -hmm. So I had a super interesting chat with one of the Petronas team engineers. And he explained me something that I didn't know in my 26 years of Grand Prix racing. And this is so interesting. He said to me, look, the pressure of the tires, we are talking always front tire. Mm -hmm. You put the pressure uh, considering a certain type of race you are going to race. Because, uh, Because it's not the same if you start and you just go away like Morbidelli did, Mm -hmm. or you start and you stay in the middle of the group. The tire, what hits more the tire is not the temperature of the asphalt, but the uh, air. The air around around the bike. So if you are in the middle of the group and you don't get fresh air, Mm -hmm. the tire hits, the the pressure goes up. Wow. Therefore, I was explained that in Aragon, for example, a rider who who felt that the tire was getting too much pressure in the straight, he just should go out from the slipstream. Uh, yeah, okay. Get cool. fresh Again, air on yep. the tire. Yep. You know? And what happened? Quartararo, he was supposed to make a race like uh, Morbidelli. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, yeah. Yeah, or something there. If you start in the front row, you imagine a certain type of race. Mm-hmm. But so you set up the pressure of the front tire for this type of race. Mm-hmm. So if you get stuck, everything changes. And what happens that I was explaining, there are riders that uh, get are capable to change their riding style and to adapt of what's coming. The best person is uh, Mark Marquez. No, Mark adapts to every situation. Yep. Quartararo, as soon as he felt that it was something wrong, he just got blocked. He didn't have the mental strength to adapt. Mm. Okay, and w- the issue of of uh, losing the right pressure is basically on braking. You know, yeah. the the rider has not the feeling to brake, and if you go back to the races, you see that they overtook him always on the brakes because yeah. he had not the feeling. Mm-hmm. Which is different. Okay, and him. another thing, look the the difference of the right pressure to a wrong pressure will never go up 20% of the right pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Not never. So if you calculate this 20% and the result that Quartararo had, that was 18th, Mm -hmm. it doesn't match. It doesn't match. It was here. 
Yeah. You understand? Yeah, exactly. Like I say, so as soon as he loses it. the feeling, he loses the confidence in here. Exactly. So it just, it, it's a cumulative process. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And, and there are riders who are capable to adapt to this mm. and others who get, okay, I have not the right tool, I give up, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Something is not perfect. An old Australian used to do that, Troy Corsa. And I tell you something, this shows how radical and how critical MotoGP is. You know, every yeah. single detail. And this person told me also, look, you have to consider that the races finishing are from second to the gap between the first and the second or the first is around 0 0.8, one second. Mm. Yep. Okay. We are talking about 100 kilometers racing on every lap has seven in Aragon. Every lap has 17 turns. Yep. 17 turns. Uh, to, 23 times. So imagine how much you have to be faster on one turn. 0 0.001. Then mm. you get, you, you make the result. So explain me. The things are so, so tight that you have every single little, little detail makes the difference. But yep. every single little, little detail. Wow. Crazy. Andrew, Crazy. do you have anything to add? I was just going to say that after um, Tucker and Alex Marquez falling off, not one single rider has finished every race now this season. Is that right? Apparently yeah. so. That's my fa fun and, fact for the week. And and I tell you something about the figures. We have seen uh, Mir doing six podium in the last eight races, mm -hmm. right? But the rider who has made more points in the last four races is his teammate. Even having a zero in France. Yeah. Wow. So as, as Rins, look, Rins, after the race in Teruel was a little bit, I, you know, sting, like a sting, not because he said, <laughs> huh, with his teammate seated four meters from him, he said, uh, our team manager has a problem now, this Rins. <laughs> he said he has a problem now because he has two riders who are capable to win. And on the yeah. mathematics, I am still in the championship. He just, just throw it. He just threw it, you know? So is Valentino going to be back for the next race? Oh, yes. And I, I'm just going to quickly jump now to one of our listener questions because this is what I was about to ask is, why didn't Jorge Lorenzo step in for him for the couple of weeks? Because he is not fit. He's too slow. In the, in the, in the test they did in, in Portugal... Mm -hmm. after after Barcelona you know the riders went to the circuit in Portugal to know to have a first Some contact did. with the yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because there was the test team the different test teams were there using the MotoGP bikes mm -hmm. but the riders used street bikes yeah. Just, yeah, just to get used to the circuit and Maverick Vinales was faster on the street bikes than Jorge Lorenzo on the MotoGP bike. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God. So it would have been super embarrassing. Oh my God. To see Lorenzo yeah. on a MotoGP. It would be even dangerous, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I'm this, this big, fat, end of his career, Elvis-looking dude. Hold my donut. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis yeah. in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Somebody go get me a cheeseburger. <laughs> 
Oh, amazing. Oh, All right. no. Well, look, how about we, we have a quick chat? So as we say, there's probably four guys still in with a genuine chance. How about we, we talk about each of them in turn and you let us know what you think their chances really are. Can I put in what I think too? Yeah, oh, you, yes, I yes, of course. No, no. You, you, you speak and I tell you and then... You tell me I'm wrong. Stop. But <laughs> I, I would say there are four. I agree, no? The four that we mentioned. Yep. And then at the end, we put another two options. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I know who you think. Okay, let, okay. let's start let's... with Yamir. Jean-Mir, what do you what do you reckon, okay. Andrew? All right, I'll pass and on that one. He's strong look, points. no no it's, strong it's, points of Jean-Mir after oh. what you have seen this season. I don't know. He's just been consistently up there, so consistency is the, is the thing for yes. me, definitely. He seems to be handling the pressure a bit better than than those around him, realistically. Uh, so so for me, he's he's still my boy. He's he's still my number one pick. Um, I think the bike that they're on is the best overall package. Um, and everyone seems to be saying that. So for me, he's just the right rider on the right bike in the, at the right, the right time. Very good. Well, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven strong points. You mentioned two. Seven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> one of the other okay. five. Okay. Let's go. First consistency. You mentioned consistency, right? Yep. We have spoken about. When he has a bad day, like in Aragon, he finishes on the podium. Mm-hmm. Strong point. Yep. He is probably the best rider uh, when it comes to overtake. Yeah. We have seen it during the whole season, yeah. how he, he overtakes. Loves he loves to overtake. And yep. he doesn't think. He arrives and bang, you know? Yep. If yep. you compare, for example, the comparison is with Oliveira. Oliveira is a strong rider, but mm-hmm. if you have seen in the races, he stays a while behind the rider, he studies the rider and makes mm. the move when he has everything under control. Juamir is doesn't need control. He just comes and bang. And they can't yeah. afford to stop and think too long, can they? Okay. It's, it's something that he has to be very clear, the overtaking maneuver, mm. right? This is a very strong point, I think. Another important thing, he normally starts very far in the back, 12, 11. Mm-hmm. His first lap is incredible. Normally he starts 11 and then when you, in the first uh, first time they go on the finish line, he's fifth or sixth. Yeah, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth so his exactly. first laps his la- are brutal, his first mm-hmm. lap. Uh, something important, he's world champion. Yes. Yeah, and this is very important here. He he is a world champion. He knows he has been in the situation to fight for a world championship before, and this is experience. And flustered, and oh my god, he's just like exactly. And the serenity, you know, to Mm -hmm. know how to have been in this situation. And another important thing, the last one, he is at the top of the list, so he depends only on his results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? He yep. doesn't need to look at what is Cartarano doing. He just do myself. Yeah, he's in control of his own destiny. Exactly. Exactamente. Very good. Okay, nice. the cons. The cons of, of Juan Mir. Your turn. Well, he's, he's young. Isn't he? In young. the past, he's been un- inconsistent. So this is rare to see him sticking to the path. That's all yeah, right. There is something very clear. 
we just mentioned it on the grid where he's in normally. Yeah, mm. he's, he's qualifying. He's, he qualifies very bad. He's qualifying yep. is terrible. He's very bad. <laughs> and, other, and other cons, he has not won any race. And this is a pressure. True. You don't even think about that, do you? Like, realistically, he's at the top of the oh table. You don't even realize he hasn't actually won a MotoGP race. But he he constantly says, I, will, I have to win. I want to win. So it's in his mm. brain. You know, these are yeah. basically the two weak points of the cons, not weak, but that's clearly plays against him in this last sprint, you know, yeah. the qualifying and the not and the need, psycho, psychological need to win a race. Mm. So if this continues on, this trend continues on, say we go to Valencia next weekend and he qualifies 10th or 12th and he finishes third or fourth, but he finishes in front of Fabio, so he's happy with that. What happens when we do get to Portimao? Because that pressure is going to be absolutely huge on him, even just in his own head. It's going to be like, I'm just about to win a world championship and I haven't won a race yet. This is claro. yeah, 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 I yeah. completely agree. I completely agree. And then later we go down to Portimao because four, no, three out of these four riders have raced in Portimao and won. Yeah. Okay. These last three races are going to be like, this is going to separate the the boys from the men because it's going to be like (laughs) manic because it's just, yeah. Fabio Cantararo. Fabio Cantararo. Bronze. Okay, Okay, your turn. Um, He's a good runner. That that means what? (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Stu and I I laugh. There's a video of him talking about running and we we tease the way he laughs. Um. Do you know what? He's not doing it for me. He's like, I feel like he peaked a bit early and, and it's all overwhelmed him a little bit. I don't think he'll do it. Strong points. He's fast. For oh, me. That's he, right. Sorry. He, positives. He is just fast. If I'm positives, he is just a fast, fast rider. That's, that's all there is to it. Um, and I think he really, really suits that bike as well. You know, Hey, we, we talk about bikes being developed for riders and certain riders not being able to ride certain bikes, him and that bike together. They're just fast. At the moment, I, I think his con is, I think he's mentally weak at the moment. That's Very good, Stu, because if you look at the, how many pole position he did this year, year I think there were four, mm-hmm. uh, and then he qualified a lot of races second. So yeah. on one lap, he's very fast. Yeah. So he is capable to start the races in a theoretically better position than Mir always. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly, and he has yeah. to chase me, right? So this is an an unquestionable um, pro mm. for Fabio, right? Normally, when he is in a good good position, when he starts in the front, he takes profit out of it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? The three races he won because when he is when he is in the situation to be fast, he and he doesn't do mistakes. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So. And another important thing for Flavio, and I think it's positive, is when things don't go well for him, he takes the most out of the situation. This means he has, a, I don't know, he arrived in Le Mans ninth. He arrived, he's second in the championship by uh, taking his bike to the finish line always. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. 
Patrick Misano, you know, because other riders would get nervous and would crash. He says he's one of these that is his uh, serenity is on the paper not uh, reasonable due to his age. You understand? Okay, yeah, yeah. He's wise beyond his years almost, yeah. And the right, another do forget how thing, young he is, how, how, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I wrote down here, you know that he started to race when he was four. Mm -hmm. Four, he's 21. 21 minus four is 17. Mm. 70 years of racing. Yeah, <laughs> That's a whole yeah. career right there. That's ready for retirement. It's a whole life. He hasn't yes. done anything else. Yes. I don't know if he know, knows how to use spoon and uh, <laughs> for it. But yeah. can't do his own tax return. <laughs> <laughs> about racing, he knows everything, right? Yeah. And then another important point. Remember what happened in Le Mans. Last two laps, that was the only direct uh, fight between Quartararo and Mir. And Mir, yeah. Mm -hmm. And who was more, uh, how do you say, pa? who won that that little... Yeah, Fabio uh, was just like, you are not getting past me. So, sorry, exactly. mate. Yeah. Yep. So the only way we have seen both really fighting for a position, even if it was ninth or 10th, mm. Fabio said, hey, I am here the boss. Yeah, because Maverick this was in important. there as well, wasn't he? Yeah. There was Maverick, there was... Uh, Fabio and there was I don't know another one who was old and Fabio was the one who said I am here the the tough guy and this exactly, is important yeah, yeah Valencia is a circuit that he adores he's super fast in Valencia mm -hmm. even admitted by Joan Mir they know that there he will have a tough time yeah and then uh, another strong point is Portimao but we go to Portimao later <laughs> weak points Andra, weak points. I think, like I said, I, I think he's incredible, but I think he peaked too early. He had those couple of wins and just went, oh, my God, this is it. I've got it. And then something's got in his head since then. Stu? Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. I, I think it's his, it's his mental capacity at the moment. I think he's, he's mentally beating himself up. That's his main thing. And his running style, as Andra said. Yeah, he remember, I don't know, because my memory is like a fish memory, but in... In one of the races he won, he won the two in Jerez, and then the one he won, I don't remember where, he immediately said, wow, this is a big relief because I was pressure. under a lot of pressure. Yep. He, mm. Remember that he said this, so he yes. admitted it, you yep. know? He showed it. He showed mm. that he's under pressure. Another weak point is that he's the only of these four riders that has never been world champion. So he has okay, never, yeah, fought, so he has never fight for a fought for yeah. a championship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a plus for me and a minus for him. He is, how do I need to handle this situation? Mm -hmm. He does not know. Yeah. So okay. even with that, like winning those couple of races early on, that added must have added so much pressure to be able to keep keep doing that. And every time he's not. It's got to be yeah, big yeah. And, and that day that he won that third race, I remember that he said, "Well, I have worked with a sport psychologist, so it was really heavy. Eh? Mm -hmm. It was heavy mm -hmm. pressure on him. Yeah. He had to look for specialized people." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last weak point for Flavio, in my in my opinion, is that he's just the opposite of uh, Vinales when it comes to overtaking. 
he is not uh, how to say in Spanish we say contundente. You know, he's not like bang. It takes a lot to for him to overtake mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, he's not he's not positive and, and he's not like Mia. Exactly. Okay, yeah. that's his Maverick. Yeah. Then we go to my Maverick Vinales. Before we go to Maverick Vinales, I went through his biography, mm. you know, with how, when he started to race, how old he was? Three. Know, he, he was three? Endra, three was years. I was about to say, was he a bit older? Yeah. Three. Three. So I was impressed when I saw Quartararo. Wow, four years. Then mm. I went to, to Vinales. I said, three years. He's 25. He has been racing 22 years. Jesus. That's that nuts. is insane. That is absolutely insane. And, and if you go through his uh, sports CV, all right, he has won in all kinds of categories with all kinds of bikes, but since he was five or six years old, wow. so, <laughs> he has won in motocross, in supermotor, 50cc, 70cc, 90cc. So every day, it's, for me, it's simply incredible, incredible. Yeah. Well, and that's and look, that's got to be on the list of strong points. Realistically, he's he's a winner. He, he is a, he knows how to win. He is a seasoned winner. Uh, he's won lots of titles in lots of different categories. That's got to be a strength of his. Even even though he's what is he, uh, eight, ten, twenty, almost nineteen, twenty odd points down. Yeah, that twenty points down. It's okay. Yeah, he still knows what he's doing. He knows what he's got to do to win. Okay, Andra. Uh, positive for Viales. Show what you have learned. I think that what we mentioned before about Fabio and that, because obviously he's getting a lot of things jumping in his head that's holding him back, but I do think he's further along than Fabio. Like he's got a little bit more maturity. He seems to be holding on better. Um, mm. I don't know. He's a bit more focused. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think he's, he's had his... Um, his his mental mentally weak moment earlier mm. in the year. I think he's he's starting to get a bit stronger now. He also nearly had his head taken off by another bike. Who is that? <laughs> he, yeah. Well, that's and jumped off of a bike with no brakes. So he's that's he's a, that's doing a pretty well. Can jump off a bike at two hundred and twenty k's an hour. There you go. <laughs> okay, I wrote here. I don't know if you agree. The first thing, he's he has shown that he's fast, very fast yep. in mm -hmm. all circuits. Yep. In qualifying, mm -hmm. he has been in the front in all circuits, mm. you know, because Fabio, for example, was slower in uh, Austria, but Vinales is incredibly fast. And this is probably a consequence. He has been in the championship in MotoGP for six years already. Is that long? Six years. Two years. Well, I in, feel like uh, he's only just started. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. So this is a lot. This is a lot. Uh, so he has much more experience. It, it's yeah. down to mm. what you said, Andra. In the in the situation that Fabio gets under pressure mm. at the end, he has six uh, years, and mm. he is world champion. Uh -huh. Yeah. And Andra, he won his championship in the last race in the last corner. Wow. So mm -hmm. Maverick knows absolutely what pressure means yeah. i am um, i listened back a little while ago to our beginning episodes and i listened to the first episode and you and you were like what do you think of this guy and i was like who's this guy standing on his balcony in a dressing gown <laughs> reading, a book. Yeah, reading a book and now i'm just i can't even comprehend that i didn't know who he was 
<laughs> and I tell you something, I put another positive point. I don't know if you agree. Maverick, out of these four, was the only one who started the season thinking in being world champion. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. It yeah. was him and Mark Marquez. So he's mentally in a situation that is not strange to him. Mm. It's not a surprise. You know, we, 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 most of the points that we are mentioned with Maverick are basically mentality mm -hmm. points, right? Yeah. Then the weak points of, of Maverick, I think the list is stronger than, longer than <laughs> yeah. strong points. Sundays, every Sunday. That's Ex <laughs> Excuses, lots of excuses. <laughs> there, there are 12 Sundays. No, 12, no, he won one race. Yeah, Ducatis, yeah, surrounded by Ducatis. Yeah, he's having nightmares about Ducatis. Yeah, he does, he does seem to, um, I, I always said he, he falls asleep halfway through a race. He, he, you, you look at his race pace and he just goes and then he wakes up again and comes back again. So he, he seems to have like 10 laps in the middle of a race where he just falls asleep. That's got to be his biggest weak spot, surely. Well, uh, he's at the first part of the season, his weakest point were the starts. Yeah. Remember that he always starts <laughs> first or second row and then 10th position. Remember in Barcelona it was 16th position yeah. or something like this. But it, seems, him, yeah. it seems that the starts he has corrected. Yep. Right? He has uh, no... But he's still very very, very weak in the first uh, lap. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of Mir. You know? Yeah. Completely the opposite. In the first lap he loses so many positions. And he's, uh, he's zero aggressive. Zero. Right. Yep. Okay. I tell you a story. Can we do a parenthesis here? And sure. this is a nice story. Do it. Jorge Lorenzo, when he started in MotoGP, he was very weak in starting. In the, you know, he, the same. He lost a lot of position. So he decided to start... Um, to practice starts, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Then he realized, okay, then he learned to start and he started very well. But sometimes he got stuck in the first lap. So he decided to uh, develop his riding skills in the first lap. And, and then he turned into the most aggressive rider in the first five corners of the races. Yep. And all this can be learned. You know, and the other day, look, look how interesting, Stu, this you will like. The other day, talking with his father about this, he told me, look, my son explained me that his uh, clue was that he had A plan, B plan, C plan, D plan, F plan for the first lap, he said. Wow. I want to start first and, and get first into the first corner. Okay. Yeah. If I don't do this, what shall I do? And then he didn't have to think of what doing because he had everything planned. So he, he never got surprised. And mm -hmm. then look how interesting he said to me, look, for example, my son said, if I start and I am second, I know on which corner I have to attack uh, Dovizioso on the Ducati or Valentino on the Yamaha. Different mm -hmm. corners and yeah. different way of attacking. You know, some I have just to let the brakes off and get in. So he had everything under the control. And this is the key. 
Lorenzo says, this is the key because if you cut in a situation, everything goes so quickly that if you are suddenly, opa, it's not what I expected. What can I do? You just are, are out of the game. Yeah. Amazing, it. isn't it? Yeah, planning and practicing. So Quite just comes down to yes. muscle memory. Yes, but this is something that you can learn by practicing. Yeah. And mm. But the rider has to be uh, humilde. Humilde. Humble. Yes, he has to humble to admit that he has he can improve. Yes. You understand? Yes. That is what Vinales doesn't do because mm -hmm. every time the, the you know this is the the bike is not doing the other thing is not doing this he never admits that he's the problem is he. Do you think exactly. there's some riders that just go out there and just win? I know they plan, but would there be some that just go out there and go right? I'll just give it my best and don't plan. Yes, just talked about most of them. Most of them. Most of it. Do you imagine Nakagami did anything planned the other day? Well, if he did, he obviously <laughs> ride really uh -huh. fast in that direction. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> okay, that, we were <laughs> talking about about uh, Vinales. Vinales. The cons of Vinales are. We said he's also, not uh, strong on the first lap, very, mm -hmm. and he takes very unexpected decision, like changing the tires changing on the grid the tires, and yes. doing this. So, and this means what? That he's under pressure. He doesn't have the confidence. Yep. Manuel, yep. I thought that it was illegal to change the tire on the grid or do they have a certain period of time that they can? Remember when Joe Roberts got booted off because they were changing the tire? Look, I was surprised. <laughs> I have to admit that I didn't know, but on MotoGP, we see the riders changing tires. Mm -hmm. mm. I have to check, and this is something that I will uh, explain in our next podcast. Mm. I have to check this on the on the rules because in MotoGP they constantly change the tires on the grid. We have seen that one goes to, from soft to hard, from mm. hard to soft. In Moto Two, I don't know uh, why it does not work. That That's why I wasn't sure if they've got a time period that they're allowed to do it, and then you get to a probably. point where you go, "You're right, we're getting probably. close now." Done. Yeah, probably, probably. Okay, and then uh, let's go to Franco Morbidelli. Frankie. Grande Frankie. Grande Frankie. All I could so, think during that that race, I was like, he's got two laps to go. He's about to go Brazilian. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was like, is he going to ride different? He's just, oh, and yeah, just his interview. And did that, again, did, that, uh, just... did you hear what he said about after the race about that? Which bit? About... No, I asked him. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That, that no, the, I wrote fully Brazilian. Yeah. Said, oh really? <laughs> yeah, because I told him, uh, I I told him, Frankie, I imagine this time you were fully Italian because you were super concentrated. He yep. said, no, the opposite. I was it's just... constantly Brazilian. I said, <laughs> look, and then <laughs> I think he had taken some some broccoli because then he entered in a mystic. Uh, world and he said to me no today i have uh written in a zen mode said, he's so it. zen though that was, yeah, was going to be one of the first thing i was going to say about his strengths he's calm he's oh. so calm and he told me he told me look when the race finished i thought to i said to myself what 
already 23 laps. I felt that I had done just two. He was probably meditating like nice. through the whole race. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dude who would be surfing and have this big ass shark come up and almost bite his head off. And he'd be like, yeah, man. Like, Him and Daryl Binder. I would like to see both together, you know? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Okay, oh. the, strong, the strong points of Morbidelli in this end of the race. Calm. Of the like race, no, said. Of the championship. Yeah, oh. he's, he's he's calm. I, I can't see him cracking under pressure um, in any situation that, that may come about in the future. Now I've said that, it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, he's calm. And, and as you've said with a few of the other guys, he's fast. He's smooth. He's fast and he's smooth. It's he's fantastic. No mistakes. Yeah. Does he meditate? Does he well, meditate, like, like Manuel? When, when he says that after midnight, he's poor Brazilian, I think that he doesn't meditate too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just—he's doing—he's doing some. <laughs> well, usually you lie down sometimes when you meditate, Stu. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just so grounded and. Yep. Look, the, the strong points of Morbidelli are pretty clear. He's uh, there are still seventy-five points to go, right? Mm-hmm. And he's twenty-five points behind. This means that. He has nothing to lose. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He's strong. He, he has just to go out and try to win the races. For him, mm-hmm. any other result is not valid. So he doesn't have to, he doesn't need to check where the others are. He doesn't, he doesn't need to have a look to anybody. It's just him. Right, his own He's race. and Positive, no? He has, not, he has a lot to win and nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He does. And... Uh, after the race interval, his uh, confidence is up in the sky. He feels, well, he was really <laughs> Dalai, Dalai Lama Morbidelli. Was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Were his tires on the ground? He was just cruising. Yeah. And then another strong point that he has a team, the same team that took Jorge Lorenzo to win three championships. Mm. Is on the side of Morbidelli. That yep. is uh, his team, uh, Ramon Forcada and mm-hmm. Wilco Zellenberg. So in this, uh, he has a, the best crew that anybody could have in this position is on Morbidelli's side. That yeah. team, again, I think we mentioned it quickly last week about McPhee not going, jumping up to Moto2 because he wants to stay with the Patronus team. They must just be such a tight, comfortable, supportive team. Yeah, yeah I think that it, they... At this point, is a strong point, you know, and the cons in Morbidelli's case are very funny. How funny! I'm like, um, I'm like, wait, go. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, we have different. What is positive that he's 25 points behind is also negative. He's 25 points behind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Both sides. Mm-hmm. Then. His answer was brutal. Uh, Italian colleague asked him, um, Frankie, is it irrational to think you winning the championship? And his answer was brutal. One of these answers that Andra will like. He said, it's irrational because I am in a satellite team fighting for a factory Yamaha 
and mm -hmm. another rider who will be factory rider. And I am just a satellite team. <laughs> Meaning that imagine what in Yamaha will happen if he wins being oh, yeah. Mr. Nobody. Yeah. And second, he said, and I am riding a 2019 bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm riding, I am racing a 2090 bike against two 2020 bikes like mine. Mm -hmm. So how would somebody in Japan understand that me with this old bike would beat the tough guys with the good bikes? Mm. He said, this is irrational. But then comes the sentence. He said, but irrational is not impossible. Da -da 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 -da. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Especially in 2020. Okay, exactly. Everything happens. I want him to write so, a book. So this is the situation, and this is how we arrive at the end of the championship. 25 points is more with Delhi, but yep. I tell you something. Mr. Andrea Trovizioso, who is actually huh. 28 points behind, uh -huh. if, as expected, it rains in Valencia, he will be back in the, in the championship full, mm -hmm. full, because none of these four riders are fast in the rain. And Dovizioso huh. won two years ago in the rain in Valencia. Oh, damn. Look yeah. at this, Andra. The last, time, the last time it rained in Valencia, I think it was two years ago, the podium was Dovizioso, Rins, Rins, and Paul Espargaro. Huh. Oh, yeah. So, so how the Italian said, amici, amici, friends. Yeah. If it rains, all what we have said here, we can probably throw into the trash. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, we are looking forward to the It's obviously that we are looking forward for the, for the rain. Yeah, that's what. We but mean. with Dovi too, this is pretty much set that this is going to be his last season in MotoGP racing. Uh, Dobby, Dobby, Dobby is my hero. Okay, now we have finished this, our approach to the last races. Now we switch to another point, right? Go on. Dovizioso, future yeah. of Dovizioso. Okay, I should not tell this, but okay, <laughs> our listeners deserve to hear this, right? Dovizioso, um, no. No. Let's put it in another way. Okay, no. Let's start to the point. The last news that went out this week about uh, Jorge Lorenzo may be riding with Aprilia. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we Test rider. That news. Test, Test rider, right? Yep. So I phoned to my friends in Aprilia to to get out what was right and what if there was anything true. So the story, then they explained me the, the following thing. We are talking about Aprilia. They told me, look, we don't uh, say no. We are talking with Jorge Lorenzo, but the same way that we are talking with Andrea Dovizioso, Carl Cracchio. Mm -hmm. So we are just having talks. There is nothing, nothing signed. And any decision will be taken only after Andrea Zianone appeals result comes mm -hmm. out. Of course. Still if, if the result is uh, 
eh, not favorable, no? Favorable. Favorable. Yep. I like favorable. the way you said it. Favorable. 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 I've only had one drink. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so if it doesn't happen, then they have to choose among these three riders. Mm -hmm. It won't be Dovizioso. They can't afford him as a rider. So where he is won't he be Dovizioso because. Has he already signed look for something what, else? Look what happened. Now we come to Dovizioso back. Look, look at Manuel's eyes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, jump on YouTube and look at Manuel's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Dovizioso was very, 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 very close to sign with Honda. Right. As test rider. As a test rider, yeah. Mm -hmm. For the moment. For the moment, it, the idea was a test rider. Mm -hmm. So the, at the beginning, they seemed to reach an agreement and then <laughs> Andrea told Honda, okay, but you have to allow me to race in motocross. <laughs> oh. Because he, it, this is what he likes to do most, motocross. And yeah. as he will be a test rider with just three or four tests a year, he said, on the contract, you have to write down that I will be allowed to race motocross races, not just to to, to train. Wow. Yeah. They said at the beginning it was no way, no way. Okay. Then Honda reconsidered and told him, okay, we allow you to race uh, motocross and car races as well. Car races as well. Cool. Okay. And then came the last move that really showed that Dovizioso does, didn't want to go <laughs> to Honda, I said, okay, yes, <laughs> but I want to race with the brand I like, not with Hondas, because your bikes are not good enough for motocross. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> what about that? <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke he wants, it. He wants to race motocross on a KTM. Exactly. <laughs> and, and obviously, Honda said, hey. Probably they said you you don't want to come with us because this is too much. Okay. Really? So the situation uh, for Dovi at this moment, at this moment, is he has just the option of Yamaha. Right, as, as a, a test, test rider. But if the situation it will come to the same point, I want to race motocross and I don't want to do it on a Yamaha. Yeah. <laughs> because what he wants to race with, with KTMs. Wow. So this is, no this is the situation. And this is, you know, these are the kind of things that people who follow races say, well, well these are the things that can blow up a simple mm -hmm. contract and the future. You know, it's like, Psh! and we, you keep thinking, no, because maybe the bike, no, because maybe the money, because no, no I want to race motocross. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> I'm glad it's nice to know that he's got something else he can do that he absolutely loves and it's not going to be like oh my god like Jorge Lorenzo is probably lost not right you know being a MotoGP rider anymore yeah I'll, I'll recommend you and I will send you the link to my fabulous website where I did an interview with <laughs> with Andrea Dovizioso and where he explains what motocross uh, means for him nice okay Yep. He said Good that stuff. any MotoGP rider has to have something that makes him switch off. Yeah. Yep. True. And by the way, I did the same question to Morbidelli the other day where I did a fantastic interview as well. I haven't, I haven't published yet. And I told him, which is your escape 
valve. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he said, he kept thinking, he said, talking with my friends about motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said, no, fucking. <laughs> and that's so, it, yes. Manuel, I have to ask, what is your prediction on who's going to take the seat and whatever out of Aprilia? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I, we just explained. Look, I tell you something more about this trio that I have, the option of Aprilia. In August, Carl had a contract on the table to sign, a pre-contract mm-hmm. that was depending, once again, depending on Janone's trial result. Number 29. Number 29. Sorry, sorry. And when he was ready to sign, Andrea Dovizioso announced that he was leaving Ducati. He had, he had almost, we can imagine, okay, yeah. the pen on his hand <laughs> to sign, and then Dovizioso came out from this. And then yeah, hold up. The, the super chairman of the company said, stop, because oh. having somebody like Dovizioso, Italian, three yeah. times runner-up, available, it makes no sense that we sign with him. Just oh. let's wait. Yeah. So there is the, the story. But as Dovizioso won't be in Aprilia, and Jorge Lorenzo, we talk later, I think Cal has some pros. You know, he's arriving from different brands. He has uh, ridden uh, Yamaha, Ducati, Honda, he has worked as test rider for Honda, so he can mm-hmm. take a lot of information to Aprilia. And then the second strong point for for uh, Carl is his passport. There is no other uh, British rider in the championship. Mm-hmm. One of the broadcasts that pay more money to to show the races is a British one, BT Sport, I think. Yep, BT Sport. So they need some English rider in the, of course. In the class. Somewhere so this can area. help him. And re- uh, to finish the story with Aprilia regarding Jorge, <clears throat> you know, there are many said that Jorge has been very slow. He isn't an ex-rider anymore. Or sorry, he's an ex-rider. This is 100% true. If Jorge would really be committed to do that job, he could be fit in two months. And he would be fast like he is fast. The problem is that this would be an incredible risk for Aprilia. You understand? So yeah. if they they do the bet on Jorge and then he decides that half of the season that he is not he has not fun anymore, it mm. would be a disaster. So if Dovi doesn't, uh, if Dovi, no, if Janone, number 29, 29, doesn't work out, I would put Cal on the second Aprilia. So if Noni does come back, we've got a then, couple of really good riders that are just gone. Yeah. Then Cal uh, could do the job of a test rider, for example. Yep. Pick up a test spot. Number 35 turned 35 this week, didn't he? He did too. Happy 35th birthday to Mr. Cal Crutchlow. Very good. 35. 35. Bloody spring uh, chicken. He ain't no Do you remember being 35? Yep. I was out of jail. Hang on. <laughs> yes, I was oh. out of jail with 35. I have to show you something. This is my, my wallpaper on my phone. Nice. 
Yep. Well, I think now he's more looking forwards than backwards. Yeah, in the last my husband, years. he was like, the other, last night, he just looked at my phone and went, Andrew, have you got Rossi as your wallpaper? I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, have a, I have a question for you. Do you think in this uh, strange championship, the two worst results should be eliminated at the end of the season? I mean, taking, uh, there are how many races? 14 or 15, right? Yep. In the past, Endra, there were championship where the two worst results of the season were erased. So you used just the, would say, in this case, the 13 best results. Mm -hmm. In this championship with the coronavirus and all the races back to back and this, it would have been interesting, and I, I think much more fair, to at, at the end of the season just to, how to say, erase or put away the two yeah. worst mm -hmm. races. You know, this would have done that the two races Valentino was off because of the coronavirus wouldn't count. Mm -hmm. The race of Jorge Martin because of the coronavirus wouldn't count. Arbolino out of the races, the same. It would have been fairer. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Would have made it, yeah, would have made it very interesting. That's, that's, I wonder that's how different and, that, yeah. And I think, and I was thinking about this, and obviously you can't change the rule once the, the hmm. game has started, but this could be a consideration for next year when the corona will still be around. Yeah, it will. Yep. That's, yep. that's right. Everybody thinks we're just going to have the season and magically by next March, everything's going to be perfect again, but. No, it's still going. So, so I will suggest this to the riders this weekend. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so that brings me to our other. Andrew um, has a question about um, basically if the rest, if all of the rest of the races don't go ahead, Mia could by default be the winner of the championship. Claro, this is a good. He could. Winner is in the position he has to be. The same way mm. he, uh Alex Lowe's, Alex, Sam Lowe's is Sam in the Lowe's. position where Depends he Depends who be. it is on the day, but it's meant to be <laughs> Sam, but I think I think Alex does help him out. <laughs> you know, but they are in the position because the championship, I looked at the rules and it says something that there has to be a minimum of races for mm. the FIM to admit Ooh. it as a full championship. Have we reached that yet? Uh, not have. yet, but... Yeah. I think, and I have looked for it, and I don't remember. I think that the the FIM at the beginning of the season said that with ten races to go, it would be a valid championship. Mm. And we have done more than ten races. Yeah, we've done like twelve or something. Yeah, we? yeah, twelve. This and has been I my most that... favorite season of MotoGP yet. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah. it's amazing. This season has been ahead. absolutely mad, you know, physically and mentally for everyone. I know that they are planning the championship for next year. It will start in March, 20, mm -hmm. in March in Qatar. Mm -hmm. Then they are expecting after Qatar to go to Argentina and United States. Uh, they, have, uh, they have problems. Uh, basically, at this moment, they, have, they would have problems to go into the States. Mm. So they have offered Qatar to do two races in a row there. I can't imagine them going to the States that early. 
and I saw that uh, the Australian Grand Prix data has come out, no, has been delivered already. Yeah. October 23rd or 25th or 24th. I don't know when it's Sunday. Yeah. So I was told that they have to do this for insurance race, uh, reasons. Probably. That's Although probably they don't. Yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. They've already so, started um, doing pre-sales of tickets as well. So, exactly. Yeah. So they've got they've got to do it sometime. So that we must discuss offline. Oh yes. <laughs> no. So, if they open, if they open, I go there. Even if I don't come back, <laughs> I, uh, you, you can come and bunk in with us, Manuel. Just come and live I, on the I island. Will, we all I will open. Yeah, Spanish restaurant, tapas restaurant in Phillip Island. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll live next door. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Okay. So. Next weekend, Valencia. I heard you say something about possibility of rain. Have you seen no, the forecast? Uh, look, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking for rain here. I have, yeah, I have changed. Manuel. It's changed. Look, oh. <laughs> Friday, 70% of rain. Saturday, 70% of rain. Yeah. Sunday, sunny. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> oh, no, 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 oh, just, no. So it's just going to ruin qualifying. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Exactly. So in qualifying in the front, there will be Dovizioso, Rins, yes. and all the others in the Jack back. Miller. So and, and another who, different who does story. This, who does this track suit? Which bikes? The fastest guy on this track, without a doubt, is Quartararo. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, that should make it a very, then, very good. Uh, but, you know, Vinales will be fastest, also the same bike, uh, and then the Suzuki's. So it will be... Not bad. And then we have Jack Miller. Let's see if his bad luck finishes. Yeah, finally. Exactly. Why not? And last thing, last thing, Portimao. Portimao. Yes. A circuit where there nobody has, Grand Prix has not been held so far, but 2013, 13, mm. Quartararo won a race there. Oh, imagine how old track. he was. If he's, he's 21, <laughs> oh. imagine how old he was. <laughs> He was 14. Oh, my God. Wow. The, the following year, 2015, Juan Mir won in that race in Moto3. Right. And so they've, they've uh, 30, 40, and 2015, a guy called Franco Morbidelli <laughs> won in the 600 Superstock European Championship. Okay. So they are three. Everything is so tight, you know. They all mm -hmm. have all but Vinales have won. Vinales has more experience, and okay. But every everywhere you look, they are like. Pee, 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 yep. pee, pee. But even how I think from the past, like someone could have won the championship by now in a normal season or whatever. Like this is going to come down to that last race. Like it's going to be, yeah. It, it probably it, is going to come down oh. to the last race. Yeah, 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 no, no, I'm sure, I'm sure of that, yeah. yeah. And imagine when they four do their last PCR test before going to Portugal. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> if one, if one, uh, if, Wasn't there, uh, um, in F1, there was like 15 positive tests yep. after the last F1 race? Yep. Was that drivers or was that just like teams? That and... was team people. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. imagine. Have we had any, is any, are there any more Rona positive tests popping up, Manuel, in the riders? No, we okay. will find out because they are doing the test now to enter in Valencia. We will know in the next days. 
Okay. But how the situation here is, hmm. mm. yeah. I, so, I think that they they all sleep not in a bubble but inside an egg, you know. Because... <laughs> so am I right in assuming that there's there's no spectators at this race? There's no media. Is it completely shut down, or is Spain still Valencia? Open? Yes. In, in Portugal, it was supposed to have three thousand people. Right. But uh, Portugal is getting into, you know, down. It's like, be lucky if, yeah. if the bikes so are allowed. You might have to put the riders out there one and a half meters apart, just running. Yeah. <laughs> Fabio might win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This this time we had a long chat, but I think it was interesting, wasn't it? Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, amazing chat. Yeah. We just, it's been great to just let you, let you talk, man, well, and just let you, uh, yeah, tell us all those little, little nasty secrets about, about what's happening let, with let, people. It's always good to hear. Okay. My go away, out of no, 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 no. My go away anecdote. <laughs> go on. Then. And this is with Mr. Mick Duhan. That's for you, Aussies. And it's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, First year, well, I think was it '98 when Max Biaggi arrives in 500cc, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, in the first race, Andra in Japan, Suzuka circuit. Max Biaggi arrives as a 250 world champion and goes mm -hmm. into the exclusive 500 class, where Mick Duhan was not the king, the emperor. Yep. 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 First race, Max Biaggi wins. And Mick in the race, he arrives at the end of the straight and get out of gets out of the track, right? So he gets out of the track, returns, and then he's 17th. And then the, at the end of the race, the engine breaks. But then he comes crazy, like what Mick was always yelling around and calls the suspension guys, who is a friend of mine. Yeah. And tell me, ah, because at the end of the straight, the front fork. Uh, hit the bottom. How do you say it's two? Hit the bottom, no? Yeah, bottomed out. Yep. Yeah, hit the bottom. So I couldn't turn and I went straight ah, and, and yelled at him, You are an idiot. So the guy just, okay, what he did what the technician yeah. had to do, just let the rider get, uh, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after that, he said, Okay, then he went to the uh, telemetry, to the data, mm -hmm. and he saw, Hang on a minute. His uh, front fork didn't. How do you say it's too? Didn't bottom move. out. Didn't and bottom yeah, out. Didn't hit the yeah the bottom out. Yeah. He said no. He just entered in that uh, turn. How many? A lot of k's faster than ever before. <laughs> he saw that. He said okay. And then Mick was around and he called Mick. He said Mick, can can you come a moment? He said okay. Have you seen this? What? No, you come here and made a mess with the front fork and it didn't happen what you said. Then Mick looked at him, he said, riders not always say the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody legend. So my, my friend said, okay, but this happened with my friend who was also the crew chief for Nicky Hayden and, and Valentino Rossi. Mm -hmm. He said, look, you reach an agreement with the riders that you are, you say to him, okay, you yell at me and you just put all the blame on me. Just to get it out. But when we are, I am not an idiot. I accept your game. I accept your game. But 
you, I want you to know that I know the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> riders not always say the truth. I would say it's very rare that the riders say the truth. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it's a mind game, isn't it? And they, when yeah. it was a good day, that's when they say the truth. Yeah. Never when no, it was a bad when, day. When it's a good day, it's uh, down to them. Yes. Mm -hmm. when, when it's, it's a, a bad, bad day, day, it's because of it's them. The team. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly oh, okay, right. So... Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much that, again, Manuel, as always. Andra, where can these lovely people see and hear more of us? Well, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on any podcast platform. Please share, tell your friends, drop us a message on Instagram. We've got Pacino GP in English and in Spanish. So if you know the word siesta or a few more than that, you can go on and check out what else <laughs> Manuel's written. Um, yeah, that's about it. Stu, that, okay. that is about it. Look, look what happened. My Alexa started to sing. I don't know what, we, what word we said to her and she started to sing. She, yeah, she liked something. She liked her name, obviously. So, yeah, that's it. Get yourselves over to PacinoGP.com or PacinoGP.es. Um, yeah, hit, hit the, the notification bell so you get notified whenever we drop a new video or podcast. Like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Get into it. Remember, there's only three races left, guys. Only 75 points. Oh, my God, it's going to be so close. I'm still on my boy Mia, but who knows? It could be anybody. I still think we're going to see another KTM on the podium. Oh, oh. <laughs> I bet no. on Quartararo. Quartararo. There we go. Well, the championship or I, for this weekend? Championship and there are two Spaniards running. So Ooh. luckily no Spaniard here this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all cancelling their subscriptions now anyway. So there you go. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth, guys. Mr. GP himself is on Fabio. Let's find out after this weekend if he's, uh, if he's a bit closer to the, uh, to the goal or not. I'm excited. See you after Valencia, everybody. Bye. 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 See ya.